Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Stars Daily Sports Podcast. It's Wednesday, December 14th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. The Royals conducted the first of their listening tours for the proposed downtown ballpark. The discussion was led by team chairman and CEO John Sherman, and there were several other speakers at the event in Midtown on Tuesday evening. Because there was no broadcast or live streaming of the event, you're going to hear from all of them here, a total of eight speakers, starting with Sherman. You'll hear from other team officials on the business and communication side, speakers from the architecture and design firm Populous, and a partner from the real estate and economic development advising firm of HR&A. The program lasted a little less than an hour, so we're going to go a little longer than usual today. I hope you don't mind. Hey, instead of me introducing all the speakers, we're going to let Royals broadcaster Ryan Lefevre do it. He was the MC for the event, and you'll hear him between each of the speakers. So let's get started with Royals chairman and CEO, John Sherman. Good evening, everyone. Uh, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you being here tonight. I know it's a busy time of year. Please know that it's our goal to honor your time by being both efficient and informative. You'll hear from members of our business and community impact teams. You'll also hear, as Ryan said, from our experts in sports architecture, real estate, and economic development. After that, I especially look forward to hearing from you. Tonight is about beginning an important conversation. Before we talk about that, I will tell you, I was at Kauffman Stadium today, meeting with J.J. Piccolo, and the team is very busy preparing for the 2023 season. This offseason will be dedicated to improving the club. I don't think that, uh, I think Sam Mellinger's here somewhere tonight. I'll try not to break any news, but I would watch uh, the wires over the next couple of days. I, we could be adding some pitching talent. Um, yeah, Sam's on his phone right now, apologizing for that. Um, <laughs> We have a young and developing team that will continue to get better as we prepare to contend again in the American League Central Division. They're under new leadership and will be reporting to our spring training home in Surprise, Arizona two months from today. So stay tuned. That's also the day after the Super Bowl and maybe the boys in red will give us something to cheer about the day before we arrive. I would tell you that uh, if in my view there's something special about this community. I don't, I don't know what it is. Uh, since I came here 40, 45 years ago, maybe there's something in the water. But whether it's business, entrepreneurship, philanthropy, civic engagement, the arts, and of course sports. We may overuse the expression, but in my view we punch above our weight class in all these areas. You know, Mr. Uh, Ryan talked about Mr. Kaufman. We've had many inspiring leaders that have been role models in this community for many others. For me, one of those was Ewing Kaufman. He built a business from scratch. It grew beyond his dreams, and he gave back to this community massively. We all have benefited from his generosity, and we continue to benefit from that today. In my role, my current role, uh, leading the Royals, I think a lot about the legacy of ownership of this team. And I think a lot about Ewan Kaufman, what he did for this community, 
what he did to bring Major League Baseball back to Kansas City in 1969 and what he did to keep the team here. In the 90s, despite his efforts, he couldn't find a local buyer. Ultimately, he donated the team to the community in a special transaction at the end of his life. Remarkable. He, he could have invited buyers that were not local, but he was focused on keeping the team here. I think history repeated itself when Royals owner David Glass called me in 2019 toward the end of his life to tell me that his family had decided to sell the team. His bankers wanted him to run an auction process and take, to take bidders from across the country. He didn't want to do that. He said we were his first choice, and if we could put together a deal, we could keep this team here. And that happened very efficiently last year. I believe that call was in the spirit of Ewing Kaufman and his intense focus to keep this team in Kansas City. Mr. K's contributions in Kansas City go way beyond the Royals. While I wish I could seek his counsel directly now, I knew he would want us to be thoughtful in our process and to make sure we do the right thing, not the easy thing. Above all, he would want us to have a long-term view and put the broader needs of the community first. He didn't just say that when he was alive, he did those things. So now let's talk about where the Royals might play baseball in the future. First off, I would tell you this is a big, big decision, a huge decision, something we're taking very seriously. When we bought the team three years ago, we knew we were inheriting a 50-year-old building and that it would be 60 years old at the end of our lease with Jackson County, the fifth oldest stadium in the major leagues. We also knew that coming up with a solution for the next 50 years would be the most important thing that we would be called to do while we were privileged to be stewards of this team. Our objective was clear. While we own this team, our job is to ensure that Major League Baseball and the Kansas City Royals thrive in this community for decades to come. From the very beginning, we understood that responsibility. Today, we sit at a critical juncture for this team, also for the community and for our partners across the parking lot at Truman Sports Com Complex, the Kansas City Chiefs. We are grateful for the Chiefs' continued partnership and engagement. We are working closely together with them to take our teams forward into the next generation of Major League Sports in Kansas City. We may be on different timelines, but one thing is clear. We both intend for it to be something very special for our fans and the community we love. For the Royals, our conclusion is clear. It will be a far better investment to build new, move into or near the urban core of our community and create an energized district around our ballpark. This is, not, this is true not just for the club, but also for the taxpayers who are supporting us in the maintenance of the current ballpark. Building a new ballpark and creating a high-energy, multifaceted district around it will bring previously unimagined benefits to our community. And as, and as I said in my open letter to the community, we'll not be asking Jackson County taxpayers for any more than they're currently paying today to maintain our stadiums. We look forward to talking in more detail about that in the weeks and months ahead. To be clear, we want to win a championship, 
and we want to have a parade that blankets this city in blue. We will compete hard for those things wherever we play. This initiative is focused on making sure that we have a place to play that keeps us competitive with our peers, that raises our community up, and generates economic vitality, not just 81 nights a year, but 365 days a year. It's important to note that only 25 markets in the United States have a Major League Baseball franchise. And of those, only 22 have both an MLB franchise and an NFL franchise. We, we're in very good company. Look around the country at Major League ballparks that have been built. Atlanta, Denver, Minneapolis, San Diego, Washington, D.C., and our neighbors, neighbors in St. Louis, to name a few. There is a long list of new, modern ballparks that are part of the vibrant neighborhoods and districts that are benefiting from their integrated location. And all of them have created transformational change in the neighborhoods, in, in those neighborhoods and communities. When we put this ownership group together three years ago, I was very impressed, in fact, almost overwhelmed by the passion of every single member of the group. They saw the Royals as a platform. It was a, it was a business investment, but they saw the Royals as a platform to do good in the community. When the, when the pandemic shut the game down shortly after our acquisition, no one in ownership blinked. We redoubled our efforts invested and invested more in the team. We didn't furlough or lay anyone off. We paid our minor leaguers, and most importantly, we took the long view. For my part, I'm still taken aback by the number of people who approach me almost daily and thank me for buying the team and making sure that it stays here. This community means a great deal to me. I'm dug in here. What we do in and for this community is important. We're baseball fans, yes, but we bought this team out of love for this community. What we're talking about tonight is playing the long game. Kansas City is on the threshold. Ryan spoke about some of these things, but Kansas City is on the threshold of a rebirth. A new, a new airport, a new women's soccer stadium, the only one of its kind, the NFL draft, the World Cup, the potential development of a new ballpark district, and maybe the Chiefs do something cool for their future as well. I hope that we can all be proud of how our community is moving forward. For the Royals, wherever we play baseball, we will benchmark our efforts against three critical goals. First, generating community impact that's real and measurable inspiring regional economic growth that's also real and measurable, and improving the quality of life in our region with a strong focus on underrepresented members of our community, also in a real and measurable way. We intend to leave no one behind. We are intently focused on not only winning baseball games, but creating real and lasting value for our fans, our partners, our community, and our sport. As long as we have the privilege of being stewards of this team, we'll seek out opportunities to build a vibrant, healthy, prosperous region as we aspire to compete for a championship 
on behalf of the great fans of the Kansas City region. I look forward to continuing this conversation. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Sherman. Next up, we're going to hear from Sarah Torville, Senior Vice President, Business Operations, and Brooke Sherman, COO of the club, and a member of the ownership group, and they'll elaborate more on the vision for the ballpark project. But first, let's turn our attention to the screen. that I got in the baseball business that I thought the people of Kansas City in this great metropolitan area should have a Major League Baseball team. Kansas City, the city of fountains and boulevards that stretches from 18th and Vine down past the plaza and across Cleaver II, a city that's always taken the lead, where the views are for everyone, where we honor our past while looking ahead to the future and where we make good on a promise made to fans, the community, and the city, with a stadium imbued with the principles of Midwestern hospitality. Come on by, stay for dinner, stay longer, where we ensure your opportunity isn't limited by your address, where local businesses find the spotlight, and where generations of fans will come together for spending part of your evening with us tonight. I joined the Royals in the fall of 2019, just prior to the new ownership acquisition. I spent 25 years in the sports industry, and despite having worked at two of the greatest brands, and ESPN and Fox, I was drawn by the unique nature that this ownership group and the Royals presented to myself. A vision that combined professional aspirations with my personal goals of delivering positive impact and transformational growth. My responsibilities at the Royals include oversight of brand strategy and marketing, fan engagement, growth of our revenue streams, and the stewardship of our community impact efforts. I feel very grateful that all of those responsibilities align under one simple goal, to utilize Major League Baseball and more specifically, to utilize the Kansas City Royals to excite and inspire our fans, to uplift our community and its needs, and to transform the city. Recognizing that the K will have outgrown its fullest functionalities by the time our lease expires with Jackson County at the end of the decade, we are clear-eyed that the Truman Sports Complex is not a viable option for us long-term. We therefore want to look to the future and outline what we see as a seismic new chapter in the history of the Royals. As we progress forward, we will continue to innovate the ways we engage and entertain our fans, elevate local businesses, and serve as a catalyst in driving prosperity to greater Kansas City. Fueling our excitement about this vision is not just the prospect of a new world-class ballpark. 
but to do so while creating a new socioeconomic hub for Kansas City. Our intention is to construct a world-class experience, a new home for Royals fans far and wide, and one that is woven into the fabric of the city, as you just saw in the video. We are still in the stages of determining where our new home may be, but we're excited about this blank campus, and we're embarking upon this with all of you. Your input is very important to us. What do we know so far? And what do we envision this final project to look like? Well, for starters, we see the iconic fountains, the Royals' crown, and the tradition and history will be baked not just into the architecture, but also the atmosphere. On a larger scale, we will be a year-round center of activity in the form of a broader mixed-use community project, bringing additional boost to our local economy. My colleague Brooks will speak further about that in just a few moments. Why downtown? We use that term broadly, but our exploration has shown us that downtown Kansas City is younger, more diverse, and growing at a faster clip than anywhere else in the greater Kansas City metropolitan area. A stadium project in or around downtown could become a catalyst for future commercial and retail growth, building on the momentum which has, has and continues to occur in Kansas City. We've seen the success of the T-Mobile Center downtown, and we view a ballpark district as a chance to build off its momentum while significantly expanding that area's offerings and opportunities. Our move closer to downtown would allow for the Chiefs to more fully maximize the facility in the manner that they see fit. All the while, we would have the opportunity to revitalize another part of our region and enhance Kansas City's growing presence culturally, socially, and economically. Over the coming months, we have a lot of work ahead of us. We will need to work with local, regional, state, and federal partners as we lock in details for a robust public-private partnership. We will need to narrow our choices for a site, choose a ballpark district developer, and begin the zoning process. We need to do an in-depth study to address traffic needs. We'll continue our community meetings, just like tonight, engaging with various constituencies, stakeholders, and of course, our fans. And we will collaborate with local community and political leaders and organizations in outlining a community benefits agreement. I'd like to now turn it over to my colleague, Brooks, who will further elaborate on the economic opportunities that would come from this project. Thank you for that, Sarah. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for coming. Um, I joined John here uh, in Kansas City at Energy as its CFO in 2000. And as an aside to that, uh, we're not related. I, I think he just liked my last name. Uh, I continued on with him through the Cleveland Guardians investment before we had the opportunity to put together our ownership group and buy the Royals. My wife, Carol, and I raised our three sons in Kansas City, and it's definitely home. Having been to many, many games at the K, the wild card game in 2014 stands out as we all waited, watched, confidently wondered when the comeback would begin and the winning hit would occur and Salvi delivered. 
Uh, what a game and many more after that. We'll get back to those winning ways. That I'm confident of and very excited as we head into the 23 season. We're prepared now to embark upon constructing a new baseball stadium to be home to many more great memories. And importantly, an entirely new baseball district. Our Royals ownership group is committed to investing hundreds of millions of dollars of our own money directly into the ballpark and ballpark district alongside public sector funds. This project will enable the Royals to be competitive with our MLB peers and allow the city to outshine our peer cities economically and otherwise. We believe these two factors are important reasons that we're not just talking about a ballpark. Rather, we're envisioning an entirely new ballpark district. Economically, this $2 billion investment is currently envisioned would be the largest public-private development project in Kansas City's history. Half of that amount is the stadium, as you'll see in Populous' presentation in a bit, and half is the ballpark district. Further, as laid out in John's open letter, and we'll hear more about soon from our advisors at HRNA, we anticipate approximately $185 million more annually in regional economic output beginning in the first year of the new ballpark than we see at the K today. This greater projected spending associated with the new ballpark district will drive more than $60 million in new tax revenue over the first decade of operations. Construction of the new ballpark district could create 20,000 jobs, $1.4 billion in labor income, and an estimated $2.8 billion in total economic output, as well as for additional adjacent investment and growth. When you look around the country at projects such as this, the adjacent growth has occurred, and there's no reason to believe that type of organic growth would not happen here, providing even greater opportunities for the entire community. With respect to transportation and parking, we're committed to ensuring we work with transportation authorities to provide efficient and effective access to the ballpark district, and this includes parking programmed into all of our plans. Paramount to this planning, we'll be working with local transportation leaders to ensure public transit options will be able to accommodate a new ballpark district. This will be especially key as we believe this development will spur innovation for our region in ways well beyond our ballpark district. In that vein, affordable housing options will be important to our planning. We're already actively engaged in discussions about affordable housing and mixed income housing to be included within and around the ballpark district. Further, we're evaluating greater investments in an innovative affordable housing or attainable housing idea that reaches beyond our ballpark district to benefit the community. We also foresee a ballpark that is vibrant not only during the 81 home games a year, and hopefully a few more, but a hub that remains active during the team's road trips, as well as in the off-season and enhances our community 365 days a year. In addition to hotel and office space, we expect to host more concerts, cultural events, and we envision green spaces for gatherings and indoor theater for smaller concerts and other events, together with numerous food, beverage, entertainment, and retail options. Women-owned businesses, black and minority-owned businesses that are local to our region, from grocery stores to banks, drugstores, and more, will also be central to the mix in the ballpark district. We intend for the ballpark district to benefit everyone from all walks of life. Downtown Kansas City has seen an influx of new residents, 
and greater activity the past several years. A new ballpark district will build on that momentum and generate even more development, we believe, in and around downtown. The type of development we intend to build, along with further development, which will come organically to our proposed ballpark district, has not occurred in the 52-year lifetime of the Truman Sports Complex. Our current location is just not positioned to benefit the city and the region in the same way our proposed district, located in or near downtown, will benefit Kansas City. We've always been proud that Kansas City outperforms as one of 25 U.S. markets with a Major League Baseball team, and that's because of the dedication from all of you. It's critical that we maximize the impact by moving these events to a place they can better help Kansas City grow and compete. As John wrote in his open letter to the community, we see this development as another storied chapter for Kansas City. We very much look forward to writing it together. Thank you again for showing your dedication to our region by attending tonight, having your voice heard this evening. We look forward to hearing directly from you in the back half of this presentation. Thank you. Thank you, Brooks and Sarah. Reminder, if you have those questions, wave them in the air and our team will continue to gather them and bring them backstage. We have one right here in front. We're gonna turn things over now to our team from Populous, a Kansas City born and based global design firm that has designed some of Major League Baseball's most iconic venues such as Truist Park, Target Field, and PNC Park, in addition to some of the most iconic sports and entertainment venues and events in the world. Locally, their work has touched Children's Mercy Park, Kauffman Stadium, Arrowhead Stadium, and T-Mobile Center. Here on behalf of Populous are Sarah Dempster and Earl Santee. Earl is the global chair and a founder of Populous. A Kansas City native, Earl is one of the most widely acclaimed sports designers in the world. With over 20 major league parks under his belt, Earl was named by Sports Business Journal as the godfather of ballparks. <laughs> A principal at Populous, Sarah has helped bring life to some of the most iconic new builds and renovations across Major League Baseball in her 17 years at the firm. Sarah has worked with more than 10 Major League Baseball franchises to design and deliver projects, including Truist Park, Yankee Stadium, City Field, and the 1060 project at Wrigley Field. One more project and she'll be the godmother of ballparks. <laughs> Is that true? Sarah has lived in the Kansas City area since earning her degree from the University of Kansas and is actively engaged in the community with the Kansas City Chamber and the Downtown Council of Kansas City. Earl and Sarah. Good evening. All of us have great memories of the K, including myself. That being said, we do want to address some of the issues that we observed with our team of engineers earlier this year. We were asked by the Royals to complete an assessment of Kauffman Stadium, along with a potential cost estimate for a renovation and capital improvement study. Based on the condition of the K, as well as the improvements needed to sustain the facility, the construction estimate for the renovation was greater than the estimate for a new ballpark. Tonight, I'll address some of our team's findings as it relates to the major building systems. 
specifically the structural bones of the building, as well as the mechanical, electrical, and plumbing systems. It's worth noting that we listed close to 400 items in our full report, not unexpected for the fifth oldest stadium in Major League Baseball. In the interest of time tonight, I'll address just a few of the major takeaways that were noted during our review. Our structural engineers noted that the concrete in the building has evidence of ASR, alkali silica reaction. This is typically known as cancer of the concrete. I've included the technical description on this slide, and there were some sections treated with the chemical treatment during the renovation process in 2007. However, the penetration was not adequate enough to be an effective means of remediation. Getting another 30 years of life out of the concrete could require major removal and replacement of the concrete that is affected by the ASR. Another area of concern is the fountain and pump room. There has unfortunately been a breach in the waterproofing system that has allowed water to leak into the space. This has resulted in some deterioration of the steel and concrete structure in that space. Similarly, at the right field tunnel, there are rust issues that would need to be remediated. These next few images show some of the rusting and concrete issues that are occurring at the canopy steel supports and light towers. Based on the issues identified, repair or replacement would be expected down the road. And here we've included images of the front tubs at the upper deck. There were repairs here completed during the major renovation, but due to the ongoing ASR issues in these locations, we would anticipate replacing the front row tubs for extended life expectancy. During the review, we also engaged our MEP engineers. These images show the chiller plant located south of the stadium. Due to the age of the chillers, especially the smaller chiller, it is anticipated that these units, as well as their associated piping to the stadium, would require replacement as they near the end of their life. The stadium heating system is primarily served via electric heat, via indoor air filling units and rooftop units. In newer facilities, there's generally a preference to look at system efficiencies gained from alternate systems, including site-generated power and other green building practices. The equipment will also re require replacement as these units near the end of their service life. The electrical distribution equipment and breakers are anticipated to require replacement by the end of the decade. In addition to their declining service life expectancy, the current design of the system is lacking in comparison to other MLB facilities in its service redundancy and reliability. The space would be required to make these upgrades. It's not currently available at the service level where you would typically find these spaces in a new build. We would require additional build out to accommodate these improvements. As I mentioned, the full report contains additional details of items identified during our walkthrough. I'll turn it over to Earl to explain what we think this means moving forward. Well, actually, the sixth one was Thursday. Well, before that, let me uh, welcome all of you. I am a Kansas City native, I've been here for 65 years. A little time. And I love Kansas City. You know, my life of popular started 38 years ago, so I've been doing this for a while. And you saw, I mean, we've done work in great baseball cities across America. You know, working with the Royals over the years, including their Coffin renovations and other renovations. In the city I love, I mean it allowed me to connect 
my industry knowledge, but to love the game. With that, I want to just briefly do a summary statement on the review of the assessment. So what Sarah suggested to you is this, is that for us to functionally make the building work and to sustain the ballpark in a way that the Royals can enjoy for the next 50 years, the lower city wall would have to be replaced. In fact, if we, as we go forward with it, 70% of the building would have to be replaced just to meet the current needs of the Royals as they look forward to the next 50 years. The canopy and major concourse areas require tear down and rebuild and meet with long-term fan amenities and provide a viable structural system. We're not suggesting it's gonna fall down. What we're suggesting is that as we look 50 years out, 50 years out, the sustainability of our current systems at Kauffman Stadium are in need of replacement. And the age of building systems and the outdated technology will force replace all the major mechanical, plumbing, electrical systems as their service life will expire. So the takeaway, the program document, we, we create a program document that says what is the desired program for the Royals that's important to them as we move forward for the future needs of both the team and its fans. And there is really not much cost difference. In fact, the renovation costs a little more than a new ballpark would cost. But the impact is this, a renovation scheme would take two more years in the construction of a new ballpark and up to four years as the team desires to play in the building while it's being renovated. Both of those have very significant consequences. So we talked about experience. We have worked with 29 to 30 clubs in baseball. And we have learned over the years kind of what, uh, what we believe is the trends of, um, of change in our sport. First and foremost, the changing of player development perspectives, preventing injury, creating health recovery programs is now paramount in baseball. And today and in the future, more fans are wanting to experience the game in a more engaged way. It's just not about seats anymore. And today, ballparks are connected to the communities by including 365 functional and venue spaces to keep community engaged with. The fan trends today are at a crossroads. They're at crossroads between loyalists and experienced junkies. And our job, the Royals' job, is to support traditional fans. Sustain transitional fans. Transitional fans are people who want more than just one experience when they come to the game. And entice future fans. Again, we're planning for the future of baseball in Kansas City and for the Royals. So we believe Kansas City is undertaking a renaissance. I firmly believe that. One thing that, to me, it's impactful to me is that we always have embraced our past, but we plan for a bold and great future. And as I pivot to looking at the sites that we've looked at in downtown, I wanted to focus on where New Ballpark might go. We first focused on better understanding parking transportation downtown sites. We had two independent traffic and parking consultants to validate these results. So what's the requirements of 38,000 patrons? We need somewhere between 9,700 and 11,400 spaces. And here's, here's the biggest impact. There are 55,000 spaces in downtown Kansas City. So what that means is that we can park not just one ballpark, we could park two ballparks downtown and feel and, and use the parking that's available. The red squares you see here are both public and private parking. To give you context, that's the Truman Sports Complex downtown. As you can see, actually the downtown 
areas is bigger than the Truman Sports Complex. If you overlay the two, the uh, Truman Sports Complex with almost 19,000 spaces, we still have almost two and a half times more parking downtown than you would have at Truman Sports Complex. I think that's a significant part of how you look at buildings. So we also studied uh, potential tailgate areas within downtown. These areas, we believe, alone to park allow over two to 4,000 tailgate spaces, depending on the site location. The green spaces you see before you are either existing surface lots, top decks and garages, city parks, and open spaces. So we all know downtown. This, this identifies clearly that there's availability for tailgating. We also wanted to alleviate any conflicts that could happen with T-Mobile Arena, because we know T-Mobile is a, a very active venue. So we asked our traffic and park consultants to actually do a study that says, can we have concurrent events? I keep a mile, say back, 55,000 spaces. So we believe we could host concurrent events. You could have a, a concert at T-Mobile and you could have a ballpark, a ball game at, uh, at whatever the ballpark site would be. And the interesting part about it is instead of a half hour walk, you might have across multiple parking lots out of Truman Sports Complex. Here, the most you would have with both teams, both venues working is a 20 minute walk. Importantly, I'll say it this way. If baseball is only played here, it's less than a 10 minute walk from any of the parking spaces of the sites we've looked at. So the impact of density of parking to the ballpark is important. Once you've, you've parked your car, working with the Royals, we've created 15 important desired goals of a great district. I won't read all the list, but first off is it must connect to the community. But these are aspects that are used to kind of look at, to look at sites and say what would best serve each of these goals. So as an example, what we did do was we said, look, here's what we've seen in other cities. The red squares are squares that show development around ballpark sites, whether it's Truist Park in the upper left to Petco Park in the lower right. You can see that ballparks anchor development in these cities. Ballparks are part of the cities. We compare that with the current Truman Sports Complex where you have Arrowhead and Truman uh, and the Coffin Stadium. And yes, indeed, we have looked at 14 potential sites in and around downtown. Since 2000, since 2000, 13 of the new ballparks have been developed with, with districts, with community, community and commercial districts around them, providing these cities opportunities to develop 365 days of living, working, and playing together. Part of the focus of these developments is, is creating residential density that supports districts in life and the work and play parts. We will see people walking, biking, and possibly riding a future streetcar in the ballparks at any of the sites, at most of the sites. So what's our challenge? So the challenge for Kansas City is to make the best investment for Kansas City. It needs to be more than a ballpark. We need we all need to be more intentional with developing the district. And we need to create an active community. It's just not important for you to go to the game, it's, it's what you do before and after the game that makes the community stronger. And then we need to amplify the Kansas City brand. So here's just five basic reasons. More than a ballpark means there are connected districts, 
left these. St. Louis in the bottom right. Two live, work, and play areas that people can feel like they're part of. That's how you build a neighborhood. That's how you build communities. You bring people to the place. Let them accept it, appreciate it, live it each and every day. It brings year-round events. It's just not about playing baseball. It's about playing, creating opportunities for the community to come together as many days and many places as we can. And we must extend the fan experience. So the crossroads for us extends beyond the ballpark. It's the experience you have outside the ballpark and inside the park, ballpark that's connected that makes a difference in those experiences. And then we must embrace, last but not least, embrace the neighborhood, whether it's being created or by its connections. Those are very important. We've realized over the years that having the neighborhood actually makes the ballpark better. And thank you. Sarah. Well, let's transition to the club's commitment to Kansas City with the Ballpark District, and I'd like to introduce to you Adam Sachs, Senior Vice President and Chief Legal Officer of the Royals. Thank you, Adam. Good evening, everybody. Um, thanks for joining us tonight. Um, before I channel my inner Ryan Lefevre and introduce our next speaker, I wanted to take a moment to provide a little bit of background regarding my role with the Royals and with the community. In addition to my legal role with the team, I have spent a great deal of my professional career working closely with local, state, and federal officials on large projects similar to the one we're talking about here this evening. With respect to my civic and community activities, I currently serve as vice chair of the Truman Library Institute Board. I'm chair-elect to the board of the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum, and I'm a proud past chair of the Urban League Board of Directors. I'm a native of Kansas City and fortunate Kansas City Ed, and fortunate to be part of a truly homegrown enterprise. As an organization, we want this project to be as inclusive, as equitable, and as dynamic as it can possibly be, and we want Kansas Cityans from all walks of life to be able to enjoy its benefits. To achieve these ambitious objectives, we know we will need to continue to develop strong public-private partnerships at the city, county, and state, and perhaps even federal levels of government. Transparent, open discussions with public officials, as well as neighborhood and community leaders will be central to our efforts. In short, you have our commitment to embrace what one could call a good citizen, good neighbor approach throughout this process. As we move more deeply into these community conversations, I'm thrilled to have my friend and colleague Sharita Hutton alongside us for the journey. Sharita and I will be working closely together to drive the team's community outreach efforts. Sharita recently joined our organization from the Kansas City, Kansas School District some of you may remember also uh, Sharita, a longtime Kansas Cityan, as having spent much of her professional life as an anchor on several local TV outlets. She is currently helping manage our public and community efforts for the Royals. Please join me in welcoming Sharita to the podium. Thank you. And I didn't have to pay him for 
any of that. <laughs> Welcome everybody. Like Adam just said, my name is Sharita Hutton. My time with the Kansas City Royals has been very limited, but my time here in Kansas City, my commitment to this community is something that has gone on for years. You know, oftentimes people ask me, why would I make this switch to the Kansas City Royals? First of all, it is really stinking cool to be able to say you work for a Major League Baseball team. But the bigger part of this is the fact that this is an organization that believes in community. And it's not just the team, but it's John Sherman and it's many members of the ownership team. You know, in late 2019, when John got this group together to buy the team, he wanted to do that as a local-based organization that believed in a commitment for the city and to this community. It is an ownership team that believes that baseball should not just thrive on the field, but it is something that should thrive throughout the entire community. And that is what they continue to believe. They also knew that they were buying a baseball team that had an aging building. But one thing they also realized is that baseball needed to stay in Kansas City and the fact that they could essentially own a team that could change the landscape of our community. In 2021, the Royals were recognized with the C-League Award. It is an annual award honored from the former commissioner, Bud C-League, for an MLB's team, uh, their commitment and charitable contributions they make. We won that award for the hard work that's done at the Royals Urban Youth Academy, especially during the pandemic. It's a center that was turned into a community center to help many people living in that area. Just so you know, this year alone, we've registered more than 3,200 individuals for baseball clinics, financial education, and career development. That work continues today. As we look to tomorrow to sustain and continue to grow our commitment to community, when you hear about this ballpark district, please know we are thinking very, very big. We know this has to be equitable, inclusive. This has to be a vibrant project that creates an authentic Kansas City that is welcoming. It has to be safe, it has to be green, and it has to be walkable. We have the benefit of seeing other MLB teams take on projects just like what we are talking about. Armed with this knowledge, we intend to position our project among Major League Baseball's top tier when it comes to diversity goals. We want to make sure this ballpark experience is affordable and accessible for everyone in Kansas City, regardless of what walk of life you come from, and we believe that from the building of that, the new stadium on up. This could mean new restaurants and businesses, family-oriented entertainment options, a diverse range of retail stores and services that better reflect our community. Not only that, it makes this an area that is more than just a ballpark district during season, but something people can actually go to year-round. Absolutely critical during this process is our commitment to increasing affordable housing offerings in the proposed district regardless of where the site is. It will be our high priority to protect against displacement of existing residents. This will be a ground up investment that improves the quality of life, regardless of what location is picked. We understand our commitment to this community is something that has been embedded in all of us all of these years. That's why we asked all of you here tonight that we needed to hear your input and we will continue to do that along the way. Our commitment is seeking public input. To that end, our efforts in this space will be inclusive, 
and we will be starting a community-based advisory board made up of local leaders and members of the Royals that will serve as a direct source of input from the public to articulate how our project will be aligned with our community. You will hear much more about this advisory board in the coming weeks. All I have to say is we understand what this project means for this community and we understand we must do this right. Thank you. Thank you, Sharita. Our final presenter is Carrie Hurstein from HRNA Advisors. HRNA is an industry leading real estate and economic development firm. Carrie has worked in the field for nearly two decades and specializes in the management of large scale urban developments and the structuring of effective policies and programs supporting economic development, environmental sustainability, and resiliency. Carrie has extensive experience in the public and private sector with Major League Baseball, MLS, the NHL, and the NFL, including analyzing the Chicago Bears' proposed new stadium anchored mixed-use district in Arlington Heights. He'll help us lay out some of the economic impact figures we've presented here tonight, as well as putting the long-term projections of this ballpark district into context. Carrie. Thank you, Ryan, and thank you everybody for being here tonight. Um, I'm excited uh, to talk about some of the economic potential of this project um, and the benefits of creating an urban ballpark district. Um, HRNA is a 40-year-old firm, um, 160 employees across the country have been there for about half of that time. Um, we work across the public, nonprofit, and private sectors to provide clients with strategic guidance, economic analysis, and implementation planning to attract private and public investment, to grow economies, to make com communities more just, more resilient, more equitable, more joyous. At the heart of our work is rigorous objective analysis to understand impact and create a foundation for discussion around equitable planning, development, and public policy. And that's what we're, we're really here to do tonight. Um, we're a national firm, um, but we've done a fair amount of work here in the Kansas City region. We contribute to the redevelopment planning uh, for the historic 18th and Vine District. We supported the Civic Council in early visioning stages for the Keystone Innovation District. And we've been working, um, helping support the Rock Island Bridge Project uh, along lines of economic impact and um, um, feasibility. And we also bring a great knowledge um, and experience around the power of sports in urban centers. Um, pictured here at the Anacostia Waterfront is one of the core projects that our firm has contributed to over the years. We helped the District of Columbia um, guide the initial planning of that project, create an investment framework to bring private investment and public sector participation, and really create a home, um, uh, the backdrop today that is home to a vibrant neighborhood and Nationals Ballpark. I. I don't know, I hold the honor or dishonor of being the only person on the stage that is not from Kansas City, but I wanted to call out my team, both for the incredible work they've done, but to um, um, you know, bring to, to light the fact that we have two people, Jasmine and Nick, who both have deep family roots here, and for me, uh, have been very invaluable to help understand the significance of this project um, for the greater Kansas City. So let's talk about baseball. Um, the experience of baseball is evolving. 
50% of residents and fans believe Royals are a staple of Kansas City. Um, just as Kansas City is essential to the brand of the Royals, the Royals are essential to the brand of, of Kansas City and are core to this community. As John noted, the, the, this is a tremendous asset that only 25 cities have um, across North America. Now, we need to, ball clubs today are thinking about how they continue to be, serve their loyal fans, but at the same time, um, grow their fan base um, as our nation's demographics shift, as they seek to appeal to, um, as well, a younger demographic. And that means about creating a much more dynamic experience, as Earl had stated, it, not just in the ballpark, but around. That experience starts the moment you get out of your car, it starts the moment you step on or off public transit, and it's, yes, it's about the ballpark, but it's about the full experience of the neighborhood and the context around that. And that's why in the past 20 years, 70% of new MLB stadiums have been built in downtown or urban areas. And while the K is a beloved icon, no question, when you begin to look at some um, metrics about league averages, about walkability, about transit accessibility, it lags behind its peers. And that has really hindered investment in creating that sort of dynamic environment around the K. So what does that mean? Inside the ballpark, um, teams are trying to create more diverse experiences for gathering, for seating, at a whole range of different price points. Um, it's about appealing to a wider market of fans, from kids to families to young professionals to older generations, um, heralding the legacies of baseball. It's about more places to enjoy the game in new ways. It's about enhanced food and beverage options. It's about better places to shop, enhanced technology to connect with the game. It's just about a better experience for a greater number of people. But it's also about what's happening outside the ballpark, as I noted. Atlanta's Battery is home to 50 different shops and restaurants that really create an incredible environment, both on game days and off. And in St. Louis, Ballpark Village hosts not just 81 uh, MLB games a day, uh, a year, excuse me, but 200 events every year. These are districts that are bigger than just the ballpark themselves. And when done right, when these ballparks are anchors for larger districts and shared infrastructure investment, they're proven to have very strong economic impact. Bush Stadium in St. Louis, Missouri, um, $4.5 billion of economic output for the region between 2006, since its construction, and today. Petco Park in San Diego has generated 20, 000, close to 20,000 jobs since the ballpark's opening um, in 2004. And in the case of Petco Park, a really interesting case here. Um, Petco Park was part of a larger reinvestment strategy for San Diego's East Village neighborhood. Just three years after the completion of Petco Park, $4 billion of private investment followed in the 26 block area around uh, the park. And for every dollar of public investment that went into that, taxpayers saw over $5 of private investment follow that. Now, again, this wasn't just about the ballpark spurring this. This was the ballpark about a, uh, that was a piece of a larger reinvestment strategy that drove an incredible successful revitalization of the neighborhood. So what does that mean here in greater Kansas City? Well, um, it's about more than a stadium. It's about a district, a district that is anchored by a stadium, that is active 365 days a year. That's, the ballpark is an anchor. It helps establish a brand and an identity for this place. It acts as an activator 81 days a year for games. Um, it brings a soul to this place. And really, as we've seen in a lot of places, 
Ballparks can be great neighbors. They can be, as Earl showed, they can be part of the neighborhood around and part of the urban fabric. But these successful districts aren't just about the stadium itself. They tap into a wide range of opportunities beyond. So in the Royals' vision, this is a place to live, a place to work, a place to shop and dine, hotel rooms, public spaces, community program, and yes, a place to see baseball. Um, this could have tremendous impacts in terms of job creation. So looking at the $2 billion capital investment and thinking about the construction period of this district has the opportunity to generate 20,000 jobs in the regional economy. A lot of those are construction jobs on site, but there are a lot of jobs to support um, the construction process. And it's also then putting pocket, uh, money in workers' pockets to go out and spend in the regional economy. This has tremendous ripple effects. That's $1.4 billion of labor income, $2.8 billion of total economic output during that construction period. And as Sharita spoke, what's really important is to take advantage of this incredible opportunity and to create bridges to opportunity for many underemployed re residents across the, um, of the region to benefit from that. We also delved into the operations of the stadium, um, and I to want to set the stage with sort of two, two big ideas. I mean, today the K is a tremendous economic generator. Um, so the numbers you're about to see um, really are focusing on the new opportunity above and beyond that economic um, um, output today. What are we gonna produce that is new to the region? Um, so we're not double counting what's happening. Second, we measured three general areas of benefit. One, increased spending within the ballpark, um, which we had the benefit of working closely with the Royals operation team and their consultant to understand ballpark. Uh, attendance projections and spending, and then new tourism to, to the region as well as the re resulting retail and hotel spending um, that is generated then. We, we were very lucky to have the partnership of Visit KC and their close knowledge of this to help think about that. Now, the thing I would call attention to also, I think, is the unique um, geography of, of your metro and metropolitan area and the Royals draw fans. Today, about a third of fans come from Kansas City and Jackson County. So you're pulling a very large portion of fans from outside the county. Um, there's about a 50-50 split between folks coming from the state of Missouri and folks coming from beyond. So this really speaks to the regional draw of baseball, and it speaks to the opportunity as you think about a return on investment as a taxpayer in the city, in the county, that there's a tremendous opportunity to bring new dollars into this community. So what does that look like? In the first year of stadium operations, a new ballpark district has the potential to drive $185 million of incremental economic activity above and beyond what the K does today. Um, 117 of that, we project, comes from game day operations and uh, ticket sales, food and beverage, uh, merchandise, spending, sponsorship. Um, about 68 million of that comes from new visitation to the region to come to this district and experience a ball, not just a ball game, but all the things happening around it. And when you think about that $68 million of new economic benefit above and beyond what's happening today, that's an incredible job generator. 600 jobs across the region that can be unlocked with that opportunity. And again, as Sharita noted, it's very important for us to think about the integration of small businesses, of businesses of color into this economic opportunity um, and to use it as a community strengthening resource. This also drives significant return on investment in terms of tax dollars. We project um, that over 10 years, um, this opportunity will generate $60 million in new tax revenue, of, again, above and beyond what the K and the team is doing today. 
There's also an opportunity to build on really some incredible momentum and strength that the city has experienced in, re in recent years. Um, as you look at the growth of your metro area, it's strong, but you look at the performance of downtown, 20% growth in the past, um, in the five-year period, 2014 to 2020, matched by about a, over 1,000 units of new housing added each year um, of those five years. Um, there's a tremendous return of investments here downtown. The, 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 the energy, the passion, the capital you've put into that has really paid off. And there's an opportunity to continue to build on that, to create the types of places and the amenities that will continue to draw folks. Um, of course, with the importance of thinking about the inclusivity of those places, of the public spaces, the community assets, the affordability of the housing there. Um, but there's an incredible opportunity to build on that momentum. At the same time, um, downtown has really only delivered about 500,000 square feet of new office space since 2007. Um, and about, as you look forward, only 15% of the new office pipeline in, uh, in, the, in, in Kansas City is planned to be downtown. Now, a lot of that is due to the success of other areas such as Oakland Park, Midtown, Country Club Plaza, but this is an opportunity really to have a shot in the arm to bring companies back to downtown. Ballparks are proven strong commercial anchors. This is a picture here of the Comcast building in Truist Park, which is the anchor of 400,000 square feet of office that has come to the battery. And to date, a range of companies have been, the phone lines have been hot, they've been calling the Royals, both local and national companies, have expressed interest in this. So I believe that begins to prove out this premise that investing in downtown, a downtown ballpark, can produce other benefits as well. That district, that opportunity to bring companies, um, also is an incredibly economic catalyst unto itself. Um, the ability to attract um, over 2,000 new jobs um, to the site and to the district, which in turn is about $200 million of annual labor income and almost a half billion dollars annual economic output just from that district activity right there. So in closing, this, is a, this project is about a lot of things. It's about a stadium, yes, but it's about a district around the stadium. It's about a new experience that um, um, improves the experience for fans, for visitors, for residents alike. It's about growing both the local and the regional economy to attract talent, to attract employers, and attract spending to downtown. It's about creating an asset that can strengthen the community around it and create ties. And last but not least, it's about elevating the brand of KC, continuing to build upon the exceptional assets, the history of baseball, um, and, and um, the Royals brand um, and its impact on the city. So thank you everybody for your time. That'll do it for today. Really appreciate you hanging in there with us. Maybe on a future show, we'll play the question and answer session from this program. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of George Howard, Monty Davis, Randy Mason, Jeff Rosen, and Scott Chasen. And thank you for listening. We'll be back soon with another Sportsbeat KC, where we talk sports in Kansas City every day. Every day.